Hello everyone, welcome to and welcome back to the Critique and Chill podcast. As always, it's your host Cadence, and in this review, I will be going over Justice League, Gods and Monsters. So let's do it. Something that at this point I would hope is common knowledge is that when discussing superhero stories of any kind or any established long-running canon, the best stories about those characters tend to be about alternate versions of them. Some research for this review has shown me that surprisingly, even though when the term graphic novel comes up, people think of popular superheroes, most award-winning graphic novels are not based around those heroes like Superman or Captain America. And while a lot of that is because there is a clear distinction between comics and graphic novels, what I am more trying to get at right now is the difference in quality between stories that are about alternate canons and the ones that are established and don't change. Of the handful of award-winning graphic novels involving named superheroes, most of them are based around Batman stories, the most notable and recognizable being The Dark Knight Returns, a story revolving around an alternate Bruce Wayne. What makes stories like this so good is that they're able to do more definitive things with the characters. Important ones are allowed to die, and ones that we are familiar with are able to change drastically, while at the same time allowing for better beginnings, either because of the lack of exposition that is needed, or because we can get a fresh spin on things, and it allows for better endings because we can actually get them like real endings things can actually stop and new ones can actually start because there's no need to continue with a specific status quo in mind to bring this back to what i was talking about previously comic books by nature never end they're just redone with no stop in sight that's why spider-man stays the same age in comics despite being like 35 years old Graphic novels, however, are written to be more like actual books, and as such have actual endings. That's why most graphic novels involving established heroes are about alternate versions of them, because that's the only real way to actually tie up their stories. And while there are definitely exceptions in terms of what is changed and to what extent, because it could be anywhere from the change of a character's name to the change of a character's origin, that isn't exactly what I'm talking about at the moment. And that's where Justice League Gods and Monsters comes in. A movie that is not only superb every second, but is so great because of the liberties that it takes with the Justice League, and more specifically, the members. The plot centers around, you guessed it, the Justice League, who consists of three members in this story. Superman, who in this world is actually the son of General Zod, and was found and raised by a migrant family. Batman, a pseudo-vampire who isn't really Bruce Wayne, but is instead Kirk Langstrom, the main continuity's man-bat. And Wonder Woman, who, instead of being an Amazon, is actually a new god, the same race as the supervillain Darkseid. I like the dynamic because of how it comes together in the title of the movie. Wonder Woman is a god, Batman is a monster, and Superman serves as kind of a mixture of both, an abomination in origin but a deity in terms of power. Together they control order on Earth by killing anyone who tries to disrupt it on a mass scale, and maintain a somewhat love-hate relationship with the government. From there, the plot is already drastically different from what we're used to because the very characters are no longer able to be who they have been. Superman, who instead of being a naive and somewhat soft farm boy who is afraid of his own power, is someone who has actually seen hardship. In this story, he's someone who doesn't feel in a constant depth to the planet and actually uses his strength as he should because he has been on the receiving end of overwhelming power. 
Batman is now an extremely honest and practical scientist who is only vicious out of necessity and not out of grief, and Wonder Woman is not the answer to man's aggression, but is now a refugee from her past because of the madness and aggression exhibited by her own people. And these dynamics work really well with the world. It really shows how these three control the whole dynamic of DC superheroes. Because Superman uses his power more for his own benefit, he doesn't present himself as, her, as Earth's savior, so others aren't inspired to use their gifts for heroics, but more for career pursuits. The main plot actually has a lot to do with characters who in the normal continuity are other heroes. Heroes like the Atom and Bumblebee and Mr. Terrific are just normal scientists in this movie. And because of the vicious nature of the League as a whole, specifically Batman and Wonder Woman, no supervillains rose up really just from the fear of being eliminated. The only instance of other heroes are at the very beginning, when the League is seen combating terrorists. The only heroes except for the League are the ones that go against it. In the world where the big three are not selfless heroes, the only people who are bad are the people who challenge them. And only in a world where the League is changed so drastically could this work the way it does. Here is where I want to get into the plot, but it's just so phenomenal and it caught me off guard so hard that I don't want to spoil it at all. All I will say is that it's not only interesting enough to hold your attention, but it is a plot that is the inverse of normal superhero stories by actually being more difficult to figure out if you know comics. It was able to lead to a real shock because of the fact that the world would change so drastically from what I'm used to as an avid reader. Another thing worth mentioning is that I like how this movie handles death and violence. It is not a gory movie, but it's not a particularly censored one. There is plenty of murder in here, lots of it, and even a fair amount of blood, but because of the way it is presented, what cuts away from certain things the minute they happen, not focusing on the blood that much, and by just showing some general restraint, the movie is able to seem real and actually have stakes and have a sense of tension and urgency, but at the same time not be needlessly violent, just for the sake of it. To put it in simpler terms, Justice League Crisis on Two Earths was too clean, with very little actual violence or blood or gore or anything in the visuals compared to how dark the story was, while Flashpoint Paradox was maybe just a little too gruesome. Not for me, but objectively, obviously. Justice League Gods and Monsters sits right in the middle of those two extremes, violent but clean and gruesome but not grotesque. A minor but really notable thing in this movie is its version of Lois Lane. I love it. It is personally my favorite in terms of her character. Finally, she isn't some whiny, bleeding heart who uses her relationship with Superman as an excuse for being annoying. Here, she is confident in herself. She sticks to her guns. She is more interested in the lack of answers and less with giving her own and uses actual evidence for what she believes in. And when presented with some that is in the contrary, she admits to it. She says that she was wrong. And it's, it's cool to just see how very matter of fact she is. She's also very proactive. I wish that all minor female characters were like this, honestly. I wish most female characters were like this. And aside from the character traits, I really just like her design, choosing to stick with reds and purples in terms of attire, and I really like the change of pace for her character by giving her short hair. I thought it was a nice touch. All in all, Justice League Gods and Monsters is a great movie. 
it's certainly one of my favorites, if not my favorite animated superhero movie. The characters are more realistic, the plot is riveting, the designs are fresh and unique, and the whole thing just feels well thought out. It's accessible to superhero nerds and the opposite, and while it obviously has its issues, they are so few and far between that they don't hamper the entire film. It is really just a really great and cool movie that I think everyone should watch it, even if they have just the slightest interest in it. Well, y'all, that is it for this review. I really love this movie. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to previous episodes. If you have, thank you for giving your boy a shot if this is your first. Go and follow me on Twitter at Critique Chill or Instagram at Critique and Chill or don't. I'm just happy you listened. You know, until next time, it's all much appreciated. Thank you.